You made it out, and I salute you, and um, I'm glad you're here, and I hope um, you will receive something from the Lord this morning. And I know you will if you open your heart and allow God to speak to your heart, and if you respond to the Lord. A lot of times we don't know what the Lord wants to do because we don't respond. We just hear it and say, that's good. And we never respond, and we never get to experience God. I'll show you in the scripture where if we will respond, man, we will get a great move of God in our spirit if we respond. The response is what causes the power of God to move in your life. It's the response. It's not what I'm saying. It's the response. Remember what we've been talking about on Thursday night, that if God just stayed the way he was from the very beginning, the God of everything, and didn't create anything else, what good would God be? I know that sounds like blasphemy, but if God just stayed the God of everything and never created anything, what good would he be? He would just exist, and nothing else would exist, and nothing would be here. So if he just stayed the way he was, then nothing would ever change. Nothing would ever happen. But he didn't stay that way. He started creating. So it's when we start responding to something is when we begin to experience the power of God in our life. So I pray that we will become a people that would respond to God's word. Respond to God's spirit and presence. Amen? Genesis chapter 4 verse number 3. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 3. Amen. Hallelujah. Next week, Sunday, we will give out our CSTI transcript. So all of you that's been taking classes um, through CSTI, you will receive your transcript. And the following week... um, we will start our, the, yeah, the following week we will start classes. So you'll be proud to look at your transcript and see how far you've come. The other part about that, though, you get to realize how much you have intake and um, how much of it is really working in your life. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 3. The word of the Lord says, How about we read together this morning? I know sometimes what I've been, here's the reason why I I love to read uh, together, but a lot of times I don't do it because I know we're recording and I know they're listening. And so when you're reading, I don't know how much they hear you, but let's read strongly as a body and maybe that will be picked up uh, by the Facebook live recording. So I'll read, then you'll read and we'll go alternately. And we will read verse number seven together. So I want you to read strongly when you read so everything can get picked up. So that's my reason for not always asking you to read with me. But I love when you read with me and we'll do it this morning. Genesis chapter four, verse number three says, And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought up the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. But unto Cain and to his offering, 
he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. There's a few things I want to pull out before I really get into the intricacies of what we will talk about today. But one of the things I like here that of all the times I've been reading this text, this is what jumped out to me just this morning when I read and I listen for the Lord to direct me and I write what I'm reading as the Lord direct me, I do. But I keep reviewing and reviewing what the Lord has guided me to write. And just this morning, I'm reading. And verse number four and five stuck out, something stuck out of it where it says in verse four, and Abel he also brought of, actually let's go to, um, yeah, verse number four. And Abel he brought also of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. I missed that many a times. It said the Lord had respect to Abel. Stop right there. So the Lord had respect for Abel. The Lord was pleased with Abel and to the offering Abel presented. Made me think for so many years, scholars try to explain this text and there's a lot of great explanation to what's going on here. But one of the explanations that came to me after I saw it that way, depending on what's in your heart and who you are is what you're going to present. It's just that simple. Depending, you're going to present something because of what's going on in your life, who you are. What's going on with you is how you will do it. But unto Cain and to his offering. So the same for Abel. God says, I have respect for you, Abel, and also to your offering. He said to Cain, I don't have respect for you, Cain. Neither do I have respect for your offering. Very important thing to look at. Because who you are will kind of dictate how you present things, how you do things. Who you are will dictate what you will give to God. And a lot of times we want to express how much God means to us and what God is to us. But what are we presenting to God? Whatever you present to God is just who you are in your heart at that time. Now, can you change? Can things happen differently in your life? Sure it can. But you have to be honest with yourself and say, what I'm giving God right now is really what's going on with me. It's who I am at the moment. But God, I can look at myself and realize uh, this is not good enough. Uh, I can look at myself and understand I need to present to you uh, a better offering. Uh, I need to present to you you something that will make you have respect for me and to my offering. And God, I will work on it. We have to look at it like that. Don't, don't, we have a hard time as people facing the truth so we can make corrections. 
You can't get better if you don't acknowledge where you're weak at. Especially in the church. For some reason in the church, we want to just think Jesus will take care of everything that is not going good. And there are some things Jesus Christ is saying, no, this is relationship. No, this is partnership. I don't do everything. You have certain responsibilities and I have certain responsibilities. Don't look at me to do what you need to be doing. And so we have to look at the areas that are not good, the areas where we're weak in, and say, God, I have identified this about me. Just like when we get together September the 7th, we have to take a hard look at our church and say, where are we doing good? Where are we not doing good? Where are we going? What what don't we understand? Where can we be better? Those are things it's okay to say the truth even if it's not good. Father, in the name of Jesus, ah, have your way this morning, O oh great God, for we give you praise and honor. We want your spirit to dominate. We want your presence to overshadow us. We want the gifts of the spirit to operate. We want hearts and minds, O oh God, to receive from you. We want lives to be changed, to be transformed. Somebody that's listening right now, Lord God, over the internet, I pray that the power of God will move upon them, that yokes will be destroyed, that, that that people will be set free uh, from thoughts that have held them captives, Lord God. Uh, I pray that somebody will repent this morning uh, and say, Jesus, uh, I see the errors of my ways, uh, and oh God, I want to please you. Uh, I want you to be pleased with my offering and be pleased with who I am. Uh, And so I call on your name uh, and say, have your way, Lord. uh, Will you heal this morning? Uh, Will you deliver this morning? Uh, Will you restore reconcile. Will you almighty God set our path before us and help us to see it and go. Oh God I pray this morning that somebody will commit their ways and commit their life and surrender to you and say come hell or high water it doesn't matter. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to give him my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, my money. Oh I'm going to give God my everything it's in him I live and move and have my beer I can do nothing of myself but I can only do it through Christ God move on this body of believers and all that is listening today that our life will never be the same that God we will seek after you that we will run to your feet and we will bow before you and say Jesus here I am Lord forgive me I'm a man I'm a woman of unclean lips will you have mercy on me and one more time forgive me and one more time heal me and one more time deliver me Oh, my God, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. You may be seated if you can. I've entitled this message today, Not My Will, 
but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. Church, if we don't put our eyes on Jesus and put our all in him, we have no hope. Everything that we're doing without him is fruitile. Everything that we're trying to accomplish without him in our life means nothing. We need to put all of our affections and all of our hope in Jesus Christ. Where you're going to spend eternity. The things, oh God, we need to do to secure our eternity in him. Let me talk to you some components. Talk to you about some components of the human being. Some components of the human being, the makeup of a human being. Let's talk about our mind. The mind, that is a part of you which is most influenced by your human spirit. Your mind is the part of you that is influenced by your human spirit. In case you don't understand what that means is when when God breathed into man uh, his breath, man became a living soul. So the breath of God keeps you alive. The breath of God is also your human spirit that keeps you moving and breathing and living. And so our human spirit wasn't, we weren't supposed to just live by our human spirit. We were supposed to live by God's spirit. But when Adam sinned in the garden, the God spirit stopped working and now it's only the human spirit that's working. So there was an absence of God within him working because of the sin in the garden. So our human spirit is the, the, the part of, uh, is what controls our mind, our human spirit. So understand that right away our human spirit is different from the spirit of God. The other component of the makeup of the human is our will. Our will. Our will is that part of us which is the seat of our identity and personality. Our will is, is our self-consciousness. That's our will. That's what we use when we are trying to do things. We, we will ourselves to run the race. We, we will ourselves to go on a diet. We will ourselves to do exercise. We will ourselves to come to church this morning, even in the rain. We will ourselves to go to school and get a degree. We will ourselves to go to work to make money to take care of ourselves and our family. We will ourselves to do the things that's necessary to live a productive life in this world. We will ourselves to do that. That's another component of the human makeup. The other component of the human makeup is our emotion. Our emotion. That is the part of you which is most influenced by your body. Mm. Whatever's going on in your body dictates your emotions. That's, that, that's why sometimes you're wondering, oh, it's rainy and dreary outside. Why do I feel like laying down and sleeping? Why do I feel like watch TV? Why do I feel like just watching a movie? Why do I feel like doing nothing while it's rainy and there's no sun outside? Because your body is, is, is sensing all of that and your body is controlling your emotions. 
So it, it, it's, it's, it's your emotion that's being influenced by your body. Also, your appetite is, is, is influenced by your emotion. So what you like, it influences your emotion. And, and also what you feel influences your emotion. And also your physical senses, it, it, it messes with your emotions. And the world consciousness, the things that are going on in the world, it messes with your emotions. So a lot of times we are not even operating in our self-will, our identity. We're operating by our emotions because that's the one that seems to have the antenna up the most. That's the one that seems to always grab on. So so what's going on in the world? That's your emotion. So so what do I feel like eating? It's your emotion. So, so what do I smell and what do I feel like tasting right now? It's your emotion. Your emotion probably dictate more of who you are and what you do than anything else in your life. It is your emotion that moves you to do the things that you do oftentimes. Because a lot of times we only depend on our will to do something we need to do but we really don't want to do. So those components of our body, our mind and our will and our emotions, that's kind of what, what causes us to live and, and go about and do what we do because of those components. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, the Bible says, and in the process of time. What that means is as life continues to go on, as life was moving right along, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. Let's first understand this. Cain did not have to bring an offering to the Lord. Cain did not have to bring an offering unto the Lord. You don't have to bring Cain did not have to bring an offering to the Lord. His parents taught him it is right and you should, but he didn't have to. He can do whatever he want to. It's up to him to decide, should I bring an offering to the Lord or not? He didn't have to do it. He could have said, I'm not bringing an offering to the Lord. But he chose to bring an offering to the Lord. Interesting, isn't it? And so Cain decided he's going to bring an offering to the Lord because, yes, that's what his parents taught him. But it was still his choice whether he should bring it or not. But he decided to bring it. So he presented his offering unto the Lord. However, he presented what he felt like presenting. Isn't it just like us? You don't have to worship God. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. You don't have to worship him. Brother Henry, I'm going to give an offering this morning, and you pull out a wad of 20s and a dollar on top. Let me just give him this dollar. Preachers be taking the money anyway. You don't have to give him an offering. We're messing ourselves up. I never forgot the scripture, Ananias and Sapphira, where the two of them decided that they was going to sell their property and give the money to the apostles because everybody else was doing it. 
And so they sold all their stuff and only gave some of the money to the apostles. And Peter said, is this everything? They said, yes, it's everything. And Peter said, why have you lied to the Holy Ghost? This is not everything. And as soon as he said that to them, the, the, the husband first, he was the one that went first. He fell dead and died. That is heavy. And you know what Peter said when it was all done? Because the wife came and did the same thing. Is this all? Yes, yeah, all. And she fell dead and died. And they buried both of them. Here is, here is the moral of the story. So Peter said, it was your money. Why do you have to lie about anything? Why do you have to be deceiving about anything? It's yours. All you got to do is step up like a big boy and say, we sold a property, but we'd rather keep our money. Or we sold a property and we got a hundred thousand. We're only giving fifty thousand to the church. It's yours. So lesson number one, we better learn this morning from that story. If you're gonna give God something, you better give it to Him the right way. If you won't give to God something, you better give it to Him this way. He don't want no praise, half half-hearted praise. He don't want no half-hearted worship. He don't want no half-hearted offering. He don't want nothing half-hearted. He says, "You might as well keep it. It's yours. You don't have to offer it to me because whatever I'm asking you, I want it the way I said it needs to be." Yes, I'll come to church when I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like doing it today, so I'll go. When I don't feel like it, I don't go. Mm. Understand this about church. When you become mature in God, God is using you. And most of the time when you come to church, it's not even about you. God is using you. And so when you don't come, what you're saying is don't use me today, Lord. You made the choice for God not to use you. And God is saying, I thought when you gave your life to me, now it's me that's going to govern your life. How are you going to make the choice not to do that? You're not in charge. But if you want to be in charge, go ahead and be in charge. Listen, this Cain thing is heavy. He did not have to give the offering. But he decided, I'm going to give the offering But he gave an offering according to his will. His will. He gave an offering according to his feelings. He gave an offering according to what he thinks. Can I tell you this morning? Oh, man, this is so good. A lot of times we like to say this as Christians are striving to be Christians or people that's not even Christians. I don't see how. That's the question. I don't understand how. I don't know why. I don't think that is. I listen to that kind of conversation. I stay quiet because I remember Cain. Cain, if he could be here today, probably says, yeah, my parents told me to give a, a, a lamb, a, a living sacrifice. But guess what? I, I don't see what was the, that wasn't that necessary. If I give him an offering, I give him an offering. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? I'm just going to give him an offering, right? Why is he worried about it? I'm giving him an offering. That's how most of us live our life with God. I'm doing something anyhow. God understands. We love that line. And so we want to give God whatever we want and say God should just take it because guess what? I'm doing something. And you know what we say? A lot of people ain't doing nothing at all. 
doing better than a whole lot of people. You don't understand who God is. God is not worried about all the people. He's worried about you. He's worried about what you're offering him. He's worried about what you are presenting to him. Is it according to his will or according to your will or according to your emotions? His offering, Cain's offering unto the Lord, derived from his will what he thought. His identity, his personality, his self-consciousness, his desire. He presented an offering on all those terms. Not according to what God said. That's where so many of us live. We live in our will, our desires. The problem with living by our will is this. It affects or it is being affected by sin. Your will and your desires are not pure. Oh, I know you want to say, I I did it from my heart. Can't be pure. Everything we do is tainted with sin. We're sinners by nature. Yes, we get saved and we become Christians and we try to live as best as we can to please God and to live righteously. But if you think you can do something good to please God, you're mistaken because at the seat of who you are, your personality, how you operate, your emotions, you are going to do it with sin mixed into it. So if you try to please God on your own, it won't be good enough. We can't please God on our own will. We can't please God the way we do things. We have to say, God, what do you want? And then we go and do what he says. That's how we please God. But as long as we're trying to do it according to what we think and how we feel and according to our personality and our experiences, it cannot please God. You'll only be pleasing yourself. And so God is challenging us today. Are we going to be like Cain? Many of us also allow our emotion, the emotional component, that part which is most influenced by how we feel, our appetites, our senses, and worldly consciousness. The Bible calls our emotions carnal. Carnal. When the Bible speaks of something carnal, it's speaking of something fleshly. Now, let me challenge you now with the Word of God, because you said, I heard you, preacher, but, you know, while the preacher's preaching, sometimes you get different thoughts and say, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, let me give you the Word of God that challenges you to back up what I just said. Romans chapter 8, verse number 5. The Word of the Lord says, For they that are after the flesh... Do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, capital S, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6. For to be carnal minded or to be carnally minded is death. To let your emotions and your self will govern you, it's causing you to be dead man walking or dead woman walking. So you you alive literally in this earth, but according to the will of God, you're a dead man walking, dead woman walking. If you decide to live according to your emotions, which the Bible calls your carnality. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. No peace. Why? Because we're carnal minded. No peace because we're driven by our own will. No peace. We're wondering where is peace coming from? Peace can only come from the spirit. Peace can only come from Jesus Christ. But if we don't submit to him and let him rule and govern over our life, then guess what? We are going to be driven by our carnal mind. And our carnal mind will produce frustration. It will cause us to be unsettled. It will cause us to not experience peace. Verse number 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Flesh is your emotion. So when we are operating our emotion, emotions, we're not pleasing God. We're not pleasing God. And God is doing us like Cain. If you do well, I'll receive you. When God said that Cain... He had not respect unto Cain and to his offering. What God is essentially saying is, I'm not pleased with you, Cain. And I'm not pleased with what you're giving me. We have to stop and ask God. God, are you pleased with me? Are you pleased with what I'm giving you? God, are you pleased with me? Are you pleased with what I'm giving you? Now, what I love about God, oh, you can't help but to love him, is he? He said to Cain, Cain, I'm not pleased with you. I'm not pleased with what you're giving me. However, if you do what I said you should do, I'll be pleased with you and I'll be grateful. I will receive what you're giving me. He never, he didn't just leave it there and says, I'm not pleased with you or your offering. And so later for you, like some of us do each other. He didn't just cut, us, cut him off and say, you have no hope because you disobeyed me. I love that about the Lord. He never just cut us off and says, you disobeyed me, so I'm done with you. He says, no, dude. Y- you just need to do right. I wonder what we will do. I picture this Cain and Abel thing all the time. I teach it in Bible studies all the time. And I picture it all the time. Abel over here giving the right offering, that, that lamb, that live offering, and, 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 and giving it. And over here, he giving his fruit of the ground and all that stuff. And, and here is how Cain got upset. Whenever they gave an offering to the Lord, the Lord consumed it by fire to say, I am pleased with it. If it doesn't get consumed by fire, it means I'm not pleased with it. So when Abel's stuff got consumed by fire from heaven, Cain was over here looking like, what am I, chopped liver over here? And so the Lord saw his countenance. Of course, the Lord knows his mind. And the Lord says, hey, man, don't worry about your brother. Don't worry about him right now. You're upset. And you're upset because you know I'm not pleased with you and your offering. But son, if you will just get over that and do right and present the right offering, I'll accept yours too. And I'll be pleased with you. And fire will come from heaven and boom and take yours. 
That's all God. That's really what this is coming down to. And sometimes we get jealous of one another. We talk about one another. Then we even get to the point where we're like, please, I don't know who you think you are. We have allowed people to get in our way from worship God. We have allowed people to get into our way from praising God. We have allowed people to get into our way from doing the things that please God. Because you, you, you say, I don't know who they think they are. And I'm not doing what they do because they think they somebody. You ain't got to do all that. All of that ain't necessary. And so you get upset because you feel like all that ain't necessary. And you get ticked off and said, I'm not doing all of that. Well, you're being like Cain. You see, if you're killing it and you're putting in the heart and the soul and the mind and doing the will of God and pleasing God, I got to look at this and I got to figure out what Izzy is doing because he's certainly doing good and God certainly is pleased with him. I'm not going to get myself on the wrong side and say, who does Izzy think he is uh, and start talking about Izzy? No, I am going to start doing what he did so I can get the same response from God he got. What is wrong with us? Carnality is one of our biggest obstacles today, preventing us from pleasing God. Because all we can operate by is our own will and our own emotions. It is the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles we're dealing with. Because everything drives us is our emotion and, 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 and our personality and who we are. Uh, I gotta be a certain kind of person. I gotta be a certain way with people. I gotta look a certain way. Uh, I gotta live a certain way. Uh, uh, and this is how I feel. And all of those things are driving us and they're preventing us from having a real bona fide relationship with Christ. I told you. My point of realizing that I can't let people affect me in what I do was when I came to the place of the scripture that says, you should know it by now, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You don't know what that scripture means to me. And what it means to me is I don't have to walk around timid anymore. I don't have to walk around feeling like I'm the worst person in the world because I messed up. I don't have to walk around here and feel like I can't praise God because I I, I, I didn't do everything I needed to do right. I don't have to walk around and be a certain way because the Bible says all have sinned. And so if all have sinned, I don't care how you want to look. You can come to church to every service. You can pray more than anybody else. You can fast more than anybody else. But if you want to look out and look to me side-eyed, I don't care because guess what? I don't care how good you have done. You have sinned as well. You have messed up many a times. This is why Jesus said to Peter, how many times should you forgive your brother? Seventy times seven for one wrong sin. Seventy times seven you're supposed to forgive someone for one wrong they did to you. Once I learned that, I don't care what nobody think about me. See, that's how I spun it for me to understand so I can start living for God. I said, once I understand that, Sister Arabia, I said, it doesn't matter no more. I'm going to worship God and I don't care what you think. I'm going to praise God and I don't care what you think. I'm going to go to church and I don't care what you think. I'm going to live for God and I don't care what you think. I'm going to roll around in church and I don't care what you think. I'm going to cry before the throne of God and I don't care what you think. Because somebody that is sincere about God 
man, when they see somebody else trying to be sincere about God, they come alongside them. Or they're just filled with joy to see somebody else trying to please God. The ones that sit on and watch and look and make you feel uncomfortable, they are in big trouble. And they, 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 they're like Cain. They need to get their countenance right. And they need to start pleasing God. And they need to do what it takes to turn that thing around. We gotta watch out for that carnality. We can't operate by our carnal ways. We can't operate by our own will. Your will can't please God. Your, your emotions and carnal ways cannot please God. When you start saying me, how, when, and, and what I'm trying to, all of these things, you're not pleasing God. We enjoy our carnality so much that we prefer to be, we prefer for our carnality to be Lord over us instead of Jesus Christ being Lord over us. Our carnality and our self-will is being Lord over our life and not Jesus Christ. The Bible clearly makes it, it makes it clear to us, Jesus needs to be Lord over your life. But if we are going to let our own emotions, our carnality be lord over our decisions or or our self-will to be lord over our decisions. We are in trouble. We can come to church uh, and our emotions uh, and our self-will will be in control, will, will be what is lording over us and not Jesus Christ. Coming to church don't make him lord. I'm going to go deep on you real quick because I need to, I feel like the Holy Ghost just pricked me to say this. If I say right now to all of you, why don't you lay down, prostrate before God and worship Him, how many of you would do it? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. How many, how many would just get there? No hesitation because you're doing it because you're trying to please Him. You're not doing it because that preacher said it. You're doing it because you're trying to please God. Why are we basing our, our actions on our emotions and basing our actions on our self-will? When are you going to say, I don't care if that is in the Bible, I'm doing it. It doesn't matter who's saying it. When are we going to do that? We're, we, we, we keep on allowing carnality, our flesh, our desire, our, our, our emotion to guide what we should do or not do. Come to the altar and seek the Lord. Yeah, you don't have to come to the altar to get God. God is everywhere. And you say that in your mind. But you're not understanding. That's carnal! That's fleshly. That's you. That's your emotion. Instead of just saying, God, I trust you. Can I tell you a secret? I've been saying this for the longest. I can be stupid. I can be wrong. I cannot know nothing. But God is so good, Brother Bob, that when you get in your mind that I'm not doing it because of the preacher. I'm doing it because I believe God spoke through the preacher. God will honor you. It has nothing to do with the preacher. God will honor you just because in your heart, in your mind, you're doing it unto God and not unto the preacher. That's how you overcome the obstacle of the flesh. That's how you overcome the obstacle of your own will. Understand, it has nothing to do with the preacher. It has everything to do with you wanting to please God so God can have respect unto you and to your offering. Let me just say this real quick and get it out of the way. 
back in the day, they had to present offering, sacrifice, lamb. Who knows what the offering is today that God requires? Who knows? No, that's just talking about money. Huh? No. The sacrifice today is you. Present your body a living sacrifice. Present yourself a living sacrifice. So back in the day when you messed up, it was a lamb that they had to bring or whatever they had to do to shed the blood to sacrifice so you could have life so your sins will be remitted. And Jesus worked his way through. Uh, 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 uh. God worked his way through and says, let me come out of heaven and become a human being. He did everything and came and he became the sacrifice. And so because he became a sacrifice and we're supposed to be following him. You can't, listen, you can't get around God. You know how some things you can like, oh, let me do this. Traffic over that way. Let me take this way. Oh, please. You can't, you can't sidestep Jesus. He's got it all under control. And the bottom line is, today we are the sacrifice. We don't go to an altar and put some lamb or some ram or some bird. We don't want to put something on top of an offering right now, on top of an altar right now. Right now we go and we present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So when the preacher says, come to the altar, when the preacher says, let's worship the Lord, when the preacher says, let's praise the Lord, when the preacher says, let's pray, when the preacher says, let's worship in the deepest way, forget the preacher. You do it because you're presenting yourself to God a sacrifice. You do it because you want God to be pleased with you. You do it because you want God to be pleased with your offering. You do it because of you and God. Remember, you don't have to go to no high priest no more. You don't have to go to somebody and confess your sins. We've already read in scripture where the scripture tell us God will use a donkey. He can use anybody. He can use anybody. We're letting our will and our emotions be Lord over our life. And we're not allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to be Lord over our life. What he says is what you do, and when you do it, you make him Lord. When he commands and you do it, you can say now he is Lord. How many times I watch TV, uh, some some sporting event, and someone come on and says, I want to thank Jesus Christ, who is my Lord and Savior. And in my mind I'm saying, I don't think he is your Lord. I'm not trying to take a shot at the brother or the sister. I just know what that means when you say Lord. Lord means he rules over you. So when he says, listen, you ain't going to the ball game today. You're going to that prayer meeting. When he says that, guess what you do? Uh-huh. And we don't want to hear that. So he can't be Lord. He can't be Lord when, you, when he tells you, go to the prayer meeting, not the ball game. And then you say, yeah, but I can pray at home. I can pray anytime. You start just working it out in your mind on how you can do it. That's cool, but he's not Lord over your life. So he might be your Savior, but he's not your Lord. Now, here is the story. Let me tell you this real quick. He is the Savior of the world. 
But if you don't make him Lord, he won't save you. He is the Savior of the world. But if he's not Lord of your life, you can't be saved. How can you say that, preacher? Okay, let, let, let's, that leads me right into my next point. And I'm going to be done in about 10 minutes. Let, let's look at my next point. John chapter 1, verse number 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, nada, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Hmm. He gave them power to become sons of God who believe on his name. When you believe something, what you just say in your mind, I believe? Or you believe it to the point where you do it? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So if you say you believe and you do nothing, do you really believe? You're just talking just to be talking. Uh-huh. But look at verse 13, heavy. Which were born not... Of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Here we go. Nor of the will of man, but of God. So let me tell you this. What it's telling us. If you're going to be saved, you must be born again. And that born again message came by the will of God. God and not the will of people, not according to flesh and blood, not according to how you feel. So what he says is, if you believe on my name, I will enable you to be born again. Remember, I told you last week that when God is showing you grace, the things that you normally couldn't do or don't feel like you was capable of doing, God will enable you to do it. So when you believe on his name, he will enable you to do what is required of you to be born again of the water and of the spirit. I don't, I can't. Yes, I know you can. That's why you got to pray and say, God, I can't, but I know you can enable me. I'm not capable. I'm not qualified. But I know you can enable me. I know you can empower me. I know you can do what I need in order to be born again. So to be born again is not the will of man. To be born again is not talking about flesh and blood, having children. It's not talking about the will of man being done. It's talking about the will of God being done. To be saved, you are in the will of God. To be born again, you are in the will of God. You're doing the will of God when you make up in your mind, I am going to be born again of the water and of the spirit. It is the will of God. Can I tell you this? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. A lot of times when 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 the preacher will say, who today want to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ and to be born again of the water and of the Spirit? Let me tell you something. You hear it and the Spirit of God begins to deal with you, but your will and your emotions hold you tight. 
and sooner or later your will and your emotions went out over the will of God. We are battling and struggling because God's will is being spoken. God's will is being communicated but our emotions and our will is stopping us. It's winning over us and we come to church and we hear the word of God and we say that sounds right and I know that's right but somehow we don't do it. You know why? Your will and your emotions is beating out the will of God. That's what we're dealing with. And so people are not born again. And you say, why are you not born again? Well, I know I'm supposed to do it. And we, I just, you know, I just wasn't ready or this week was not a good week. And we go through a whole lot of things. But let me tell you the real answer. Your will and your emotions is winning. You're not allowing God's will to work in your life. You're not allowing God to be Lord over your life. Yes. To be born again of the water and of the spirit is not the will of man, but the will of God. So when you hear that, again, you can brush the preacher off all you want, but that's not the will of the preacher. That's the will of your creator. It's the will of the one that loves you. That's what it is. It's not the will of man. Salvation is the will of God. Being saved is the will of God. Living righteous is the will of God. Living holy is the will of God. It's the will of God. Be holy as I am holy. For the Son of Man have come to seek and to save that which is lost. Without righteousness and holiness, we can't be right with God. Those are the will of God. And so, as I get close to my closing here, when the Bible speaks of the will of God, it's speaking of what God wishes. It's speaking of God's desire and God's purpose. Do you want to please God for what he desires for you? Do you want to please God for what he wishes for you? Do you want to please God for what his purpose is for your life? Oh, God, help us. Because we're children ourselves. And so often we decide we want to do what we want and we wouldn't listen to our parents. And so, God, what's wrong with us that we don't listen to our parents, but at the same time, we won't listen to you? We're a mess. We're a mess. We don't want to listen to our parents. And we're not listening to God. And God is saying the same thing like your parents are saying. Why wouldn't you want to listen to me? I'm trying to tell you the right thing. I'm telling you what's best for you. And our parents, they still, they have flaws and, and so they'll make mistakes. But God have no flaw. God can't make no mistake. God can't mess you up. God can't lead you in a bad way. God can't say, oops, I thought I made a mistake in that. He can't do that. So why are we struggling in obeying God? We got to stop letting our will and our emotion went out over God. We dare not to cross up God's will and, and our will. Sometimes we start saying it's God's will when we're doing our will. Got to be careful not to cross that up. Let me, give you, let me give you an example of not crossing and you know that you're not crossing up your will with God's will. Your will usually opposes God's will. 
when you find yourself saying, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do this, and, it, and you're just doing it, and you enjoy doing it, you might be in a bad spot. I know it sounds contradictory to what we understand, but when you start doing things, and, it, and it's like, yeah, because I know I'm supposed to do this. This feels good. You're in trouble. Because your will normally opposes God's will. It's like, I have to ask myself, all right, brother, you, you started this church, and you're doing this, and you're doing that. How is it your will or God's will? You want me to tell you how I know it's God's will? Because about a year and a half into it, I asked God, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life every Sunday? I asked him that because I was trying to figure out a way out. Like, I can do it sometimes, but not all the time. You all laughing. That's, that's, that's the gospel right there. I, I, would like, I would like to just help out whenever I can. That's what I did for most of my life in my home church. I helped out. I didn't carry the load. And so I, I wouldn't mind just helping out here. Y'all want to carry the load and let me just help you? And so God responded and said, well, what's your alternative, bro? I said, all right, okay, I guess I just want So I tell you that to tell you, this is not my preference. It's not going real good with my life. <laughs> uh, you go out on a Saturday night and you're trying to have fun, but you're thinking about Sunday. I'm just telling you, I took my wife out last night. We had a light, little decent time. But at the same time, I'm thinking about, yeah, I got to be ready for Sunday. Who wants to live their life like that? Trying to hang out with your wife and have good dinner, but you have to think about Sunday. Trying to do some stuff. And, you know, I, I told my wife just, I forgot what I told her. I said, listen, man, I'm tired of being this district um, North American missions director. I need to do something different because I've been trying to, you know, that's a lot of work. I'm just telling you the stuff that you do that is all great and you love it, it might not be the will of God. When you walk into the will of God, you don't want to do it. <laughs> that sounds, that, that's not how our brain works, huh? We think doing the will of God, we're loving it. No. I love that God is allowing me to, to, to be a part of what he's doing. I love that. But the everyday grind of doing this, <laughs> no, Lord, I'm good. I'm good. But that's not it. So if you want to know if you're in the will of God or not, find out if, you're, if it's hard for you to do what you're doing, meaning that it goes against how you feel. It goes against what you would normally want to do. If it, if, if it goes against that, then yes, you may be heading in the direction of doing the will of God. But if it's like, yeah, because I've always wanted to, I know God wanted me to do that, you might be in trouble. Because we think everything we feel, God wanted us to do that. And I'm trying to tell you, it's the total opposite. Go ask Cain. You want to go back there? Go ask Cain. He felt like giving fruit. Not a living sacrifice. And the Lord said, that's not what I want. And if you can argue with God, you're like, what's the problem? I don't see what's wrong with what I'm giving you. The will of God will always challenge you. It will always go against the grain for you. The will of God is not going to be the thing that you're like, bring it on! I mean, most of us that will fast, you don't say bring it on. You know what the results are for fasting, so you do it, but you don't be like, bring it on! You, you, you see what I'm saying? No, nobody gets up talking about, bring it on! I'm ready to fast today! 
But it's the will of God that we fast, right? There you go. So, that, so if you really want to know the will of God differently from your will, that's how you know. It's not going to be nice, nice, and easy, and exactly what you envision and what you wanted. No, not that. That's Abraham. It wasn't what he envisioned. I'm almost there. Not even Jesus did his own will. Now we're really in trouble. Not even Jesus Christ did his own will. Not even Jesus did his own will. How are we going to get out of this now? All of what you heard me said today, now, finally, I'm closing it down. Finally, how do you explain not doing the will of God when Jesus Christ did not do his own will? How do we justify that? How do we explain that? How, we make that? how do we make that work? I quote Jesus. I am quoting Jesus. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. John chapter 6 verse 38 and 39 says this. For I am come down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Verse 39 says, and this is the Father's will which had sent me, that of all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. We don't have a choice but to do God's will. We want to be saved. We want to prosper. We want to be productive in God. We're going to have to do God's will. Luke chapter 22. Verse 40, you know it. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, and saying, Father, if thou be willing, if you willing, Lord, let's negotiate something here. If you be willing... Remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Not my will. Can, 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 can we get that in our heart today? Can we get that in our spirit today and say, Lord God, not my will. Not my will. Not what I want. Not with how I feel. Not my way. But thy will be done. Stand with me. Thy will be done. Not my will. Verse 43 says this. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. I just gave you, well, let me say it this way. The Bible just gave you a secret that you probably never realized. When you Resist your own will and do God will. You may just experience encounter with the presence of God and encounter with the angel of the Lord. You may just encounter the supernatural when you determine one day, I am going to do God's will and not my will. The day that you feel that you are just feeling that, that, that 
you, you're going to be overtaken. You feel that day that, my goodness, I don't have the strength anymore to keep on doing right. The day you find yourself in that place of temptation where it's going to ruin you and it's going to take you over and you say right then at that moment, Jesus, I am being overtaken by my flesh. I'm being overtaken by my will and I'm asking you to rescue me now for I want to do your will. Not my will, but thine will be done. And I guarantee you when you get to a place like that with God, you will get to experience the presence of God or the presence of angels because you decided uh, I'm going to do God's will and not my will. We want to see God's power and we want to experience God's presence. uh, But the way we're going to do it is when we turn from our own ways and when we turn from our own will uh, and when we say to God, not my will, but thine will be done. if we want to see salvation uh, and we want to be delivered uh, and we want to see our family saved uh, and we want to see our children saved uh, and we want to see things happen in, our, in people's life that we love. If we want to see it, we're going to have to say, not my will. Listen, your will, I'm hearing this, your will is that you're right. There's some people in here that's dealing with that. You won't let up because you have to be right. Oh, God help us. You won't, you won't deal with your situation because you have to be right. And God wants me to tell you today, not your will. Not your will. I don't care about you being right. You need to be right with me, not with people, not in your own intellect, not with your own way, not in your emotions, not with your own will. I don't need you to be right according to your will. I don't need you to be right according to how you feel. I need you to be right with me. Thus saith the Lord, deal with what you got to deal with, even if you got to give up your right, even if you got to say, I I, I messed up, even if you got to say, I'm not doing it the right way. I don't care what those people want to think with you. You just do what God wants. Because all you're doing is situations haven't been dealt with yet. Situations are hanging in the balance right now. God is wanting to tell you today. Situations are hanging in the balance because you got to be right. Situations are hanging in the balance because you got to prove to be right. I know I'm right. They did wrong and I'm not going to make them mess me up. Oh, you want to, you better hear from God today. It doesn't matter who is right or wrong. It doesn't matter who is right or wrong in the eyes of God. You need to be right. And God says, when you say, not my will, but his will, what is will? Oh, God, help me. His will is that relationships be right. His will is that we get along with one another. His will is that we have close relationship with one another. His will is that we come together in unity. His will is that we prefer the other one over us. And you're trying to be right. And God is saying, if you're right and that person lose their soul, what are you going to tell me? If you're right and that person get hindered from coming to me, what good is that? That's what he's asking us today. Are you just going to just live your life to be right? 
Are you just going to live your life because you got to prove that you're right? You got to prove who you are. You got to show who you are. You got to stand on your promises, stand on your will, stand on your emotions. Are you going to live your life because you got to be what you got to be? Or are you going to say, not my will, God, not my will? It doesn't matter. I keep hearing this. It doesn't matter how right you are. It's not about you being right. It's not about you being right. So you can hold on to you being right all you want. I'm hearing in the spirit. And God is wanting you to know that it's not about you being right. But it's about you making it right with him. And as long as you're holding your position of saying, well, God, they did it. They put themselves there. It's not my fault why this happened. God wants you to know. But you had the power to make it right. You had the power to make it right. Now, are you going to be right in your own mind, in your own will, or will you say, not my will, but thine will be done? How can we do the will of God? Here's what we have to do. I'll give you the last instruction and you can pray and talk to the Lord for the next five minutes or so. How can we do, what can we do To do the will of God. Why can't we do the will of God? I'll tell you how. You have to let the Holy Spirit empower your human spirit. Your human spirit can never be right. I told you that. So you need the Holy Spirit to empower your human spirit. So, 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 so I'm, I know I'm right and I'm not backing up. God, I know from how I view things I'm right. But if it's causing me to be separated from my Whoever it is. If it's causing me to not have right relationship from whoever it is. Then the bottom line is, what do I need to do to make that relationship work? And what he's saying is, let the Holy Spirit move in your human spirit. And when the Holy Spirit begins to overtake your human spirit, it will empower your human spirit. Let the Spirit now, now that, now that the Spirit of God has moved into your human spirit and start to dictate your human spirit, now your human spirit will direct your mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now let your mind instruct your will. Now remember, all of this is being driven by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will impact your mind, right? The Holy Spirit impacts, it empowers your mind, your human spirit. And then your human spirit now is impacting your thought process. And now your thought process is all of it flowing from the Holy Spirit begins to instruct your will. So what you will make yourself do is what the Holy Spirit already impacted in your life. Now you let your will dictate the course and set your affections. Then you let your affections your emotions then motivate your body to appropriate benefits of the will of God for your life. It starts with the, 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 the empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon your spirit. Your spirit is tainted. Your will is tainted. Your emotions is fleshly and carnal. So if you stay in your own will and your own emotion and your own spirit, you can't please God. But if you will allow the Holy Spirit to begin to flow, then that's how you're going to find yourself pleasing God. Will you just take a 
a moment today and cry out to God and ask Him to touch you and ask Him to help you that you're able to now do His will and no longer do your will and no longer allow the, 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 the flesh, your emotions to govern what you do and no longer allow your identity and personality to govern what you do. But you will call on God today and say, Jesus, will you move on me? I need the Holy Spirit to impact my life. I need the Holy Spirit to move into my heart and my mind and move on me that I can be right with you, that I can be accepted of you, and my offering can be accepted of you. Lord, I want to present my body a living sacrifice. I want to present myself, oh God, to the point where you will be pleased. I want to please you, Lord. I want to please you with who I am. I want to please you with what I present to you, Lord God. And I can't do it in my own strength. I cannot do it, Lord God, with my will. I cannot do it, Lord God, according to my flesh. But Lord, if the Holy Ghost, if the Holy Spirit will help me, then will I be able to do it. Then will I be able to please you. Then will I be able to present to you a sacrifice that is holy, that is acceptable. Oh God, will you help us today and move on us that the Holy Spirit will impact us. The Holy Spirit to impart to us. The Holy Spirit to empower us to do the will of God. Oh God, if we're not born again, we need the Holy Spirit uh, to move so greatly and strongly upon us that, Lord, we will obey your will to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Uh, God, uh, whatever we're doing, that's not right. Uh, we ask you right now uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, will come now uh, and impact our spirit uh, and our mind uh, and our will uh, and our emotions, Lord God, uh, that we can do what is right, that we can have the right thinking, uh, that we can have the right emotions. Because we're being impacted by the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, will you move on us? Will you move on us, Spirit of God, and help us that we will not be the same again, but there will be a change. There will be a transformation. There will be a deliverance. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, just one more second, just one more minute. Will you allow the power of God to impact your mind? Will you allow the power of God to impact your mind and dictate what your thinking will be and dictate what your will will be and dictate what your actions will be and dictate with how you will feel? Oh, will you allow the Holy Spirit to dictate everything about you? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to dictate and instruct you, Spirit of the living God? Will you work mightily and miraculously in our life? Will you constrain us? Will you constrain us? Will you constrain us? Will you constrain us?
That God, we will never be the same again. That God, we will be changed. That God, we will be set free. That God, we will walk in the newness of life. That we will walk in the newness of life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, will you do a new thing in this church? Will you do a new thing in the life of each and every person in this church? Will you do a new thing in the homes of every person that is a part of this congregation? Will you do a new thing in this community, Lord? Will you do a new thing in our family, Lord God? That, Lord, we will come to the knowledge of the truth, obeying you and trusting you and pleasing you with all that we do. In all that we say, God, we need you. Will you work or work in us, in our homes, in our church, in our community, in our family. Will you work or work today? In the name of Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, God, you're so worthy. You're so worthy to be praised. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Will somebody just lift their hands to the Lord Jesus? Whatever you can say to the Lord that will please Him. Whatever you can communicate to God that honors Him. Whatever you can say to Him that will let Him know what you think about Him. Why don't you say it right now before we leave here? Jesus, you are wonderful. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You are so kind. You are so great. You're so powerful. You're so amazing. Amazing, Lord Jesus, who can compare to you? Who is like you, Lord God? There is none like you, for you are love. You are love. You are a Savior. And oh God, we are so thankful and so grateful for all you've done, for all you continue to do. Oh God, you are our King, our Lord, our Master and Ruler, our everything. Oh God. God, we love you. Oh God, we praise you. Oh God, there is none like you. Oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Penetrate our heart, penetrate our mind, penetrate our soul. That your will be done. We love you, Jesus. Oh Jesus, we love you. We worship you and honor you. Oh yes, Lord. Oh Jesus. 